previously on Just Cow in the City. I might as well have been at the car shop again and just using the terminology from Greece. What are you talking about? You guys are never... What is... What? Could it be the whole earth opening wide? How are people not prepared every goddamn time I go out with them? I just go to Jersey and I go get the bottles. Oh, look, look, I'm, look, I'm picking up Listerine. I'm putting it into a car, you fucking jerk-offs. Just got in the city, everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy, walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place, making it work in your own space. Come on, come on, and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright, cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. And welcome to another episode of Just Cow in the City. Just Cow in the City, one of the finest podcasts in all the land. Welcome to the March 8th, 2022 episode. My name is Dave Just Cow. I am your host for the next hour or so to regale you with stories of sadness, depression, happiness, all the, all the, uh, damn it, what you, <laughs> the, 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 the feelings in the world, all the feelings colors of the rainbow will be all transisted today. <laughs> Why don't I write this out before I start? Anyway, it's nice to see everybody or, you know, hear it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm a mess. Well, what are you going to do? Anyway, recording. If I say anyway, one more time, I'm going to punch myself. Recording on Saturday, March 5, and was debating whether to record on Sunday because, as you know, and I'm just going to open with uh, this ridiculousness, I have been opening for, and I will be doing that tonight. You know me, I I can't usually do anything if I know I have a show that night, but I was feeling good. I performed last night with Rachel Feinstein, my, quote, best friend at Bananas Comedy Club in Rutherford, New Jersey, as you know, my favorite place in the whole world when legalized gambling was not legalized in new york and i would sit in that hotel parking lot and make all my picks so i love it there right how can things go bad if that's your happy gambling place but here's what i'm just going to tell you what happened and i'm just going to throw rachel feinstein under the bus Uh, i really just don't care uh i'm also going to throw alga under the bus today and uh, if they all listen to this i i really don't give a shit you know, I've had it. I've made up with both. Everything is good. But I have to tell you what happened because it's really fucked up. You give me your opinion on these things. Or or you can uh, chalk it up to Dave Juskow is one crazy fucked up bastard. Now, we know that's normally the case. But you be the judge on these particular things, these problems I'm having with my girl friends. So, as you know, uh, I... As I said on the Tuesday show, even on last week's show, I said I'll be opening for Rachel at Bananas. We, and so, so I'll start with when I recorded last Friday. I recorded last Friday. And then I had a show. that did. Is that what I did? Yes, I, I must have recorded that Friday and had a show that night. Well, look at me doing stuff before a show. How do you like that? And I did this show with my friend Elise DeLucci. <laughs> and she talks just like her name sounds. 
and we were doing it at this bar show called Slattery's. Now, again, also, uh, when I have pictures of stuff, if I'm, you know, if I'm that detailed with the podcast, instead of telling you to go to the bonus content, of course, which you should go to, I will just I'll make a little sound which says I do have photos of what I'm talking about. So we'll do that from now on. So I don't have to keep saying, "Oh, I have pictures," and you'll be able to see them. But maybe sometimes I might say it because I have to, and um an idiot that way uh anyway also i do hope you are enjoying the bonus content i think it's fun and i think um you know it's it's fun showing the photos to you but that all aside i went to this girl's show it's just a bar show it's on the second floor right and uh it was really funny i mean it's just such a crappy show it's nobody's fault it's just on a friday night and it always comes after a trivia night and this particular and, and this, the bar is so stupid they can't wait to kick people out. Like, oh, you got to leave. There's a comedy show. Now, why would you have a trivia show? You have a trivia show at a bar to get people to come in and drink. And then after the bar, after the game, you want them to stay and keep drinking. So why do they want to kick people out uh, and do a show where nobody's coming for the comedy show? It doesn't make any sense. So I don't know if that bar is going to continue uh, business with that. It's very, very strange. They had a Harry Potter trivia night. So that was perfect for me because I do know... You know, I'm not my niece, Dory, but uh, I know a lot of stuff about Harry Potter, so I was uh, making people laugh pretty much. I'm like, you know, I talk parcel tongue, and then I was able to go, see, and uh, just that alone, hilarious stuff. Anyway, there was a girl that looked like Rachel Feinstein at the show, and I texted Rachel, and I said, hey, I'm at this show, and there's a girl that looks like you here. And also, I think my sister and I are thinking of coming to see you at Bananas next week. Just coming to see you at Bananas because, you know, why not? And she goes, you know, if you want, you can feature. And I'm like, well, that would be unbelievable. And she's like, let me find out. And remember, there was all this nonsense. Her managers never get back to her. The club doesn't get back to anybody. So I never know until like the week before the show. And you know me, I need to know way in advance. And that means I got to do 25 minutes of material. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. I just got to know. I got to prepare. So... On Tuesday, I, or maybe Wednesday, because I figured I announced it on the football show that I'm pretty sure it was happening. Either way, I was probably going to be on the show, just didn't know if I was featuring it up. On Wednesday, she goes, yeah, it's all set. You're going to feature for me. And, you know, as you know, the feature always drives. And I'm like, yeah, all right. So that means I got to, like, pick her up and chauffeur her around and stuff. And I'm like, whatever. I get it. It's pissing me off. Only It's bothering me because, you know, I got to backtrack. She lives in Brooklyn. I live right by where the hotel is, right? That's where my parking lot is, right over the, you know, through the Lincoln Tunnel and right to the Meadowlands. It, it couldn't be easier for me to get to this club. And all I'm thinking in my head is Friday night. Oh, my God, getting out of the city, that's going to be tough. So on Thursday night, and I, I, I'd been in a deep, dark depression for a, a while, so I was very, very upset, and there's a, a couple reasons why. And on Thursday night, I texted her, and I said, Hey, do you mind Friday meeting me at my garage, you know, on 56th and 6th? Would you mind meeting me on, you know, on the west side on 56th and 6th? And, you know, then I'll, I'll take you. Because she also, she had a spot at the comedy cellar. At a, you know what? You know, I hate that. After you're doing a gig, you have another spot. And she's like, yeah, you got to drive me to the comedy cellar after. I'm like, and it's not like, could you? We're best friends, so to be treated like a chauffeur was already getting me upset, but I really was letting that go, and I said, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you just meet me, you know, at least on Friday at the garage? It'll be so much easier to leave the city, not have to go from Brooklyn, 
you know, through the Midtown Tunnel to the thing, you know, on a Friday night. And she goes, and she just got really angry. She goes, no, I'm not going to do You know what? Don't do the show. Don't do the show. You, you can do it tomorrow. You can do it Saturday. And I'm like, no, I was just asking. She goes, I'm not going to the Upper East Side. And I'm like, that's not what I said. What are you talking about? She goes, also, you have to drive this other guy, too. I got somebody else. So you're splitting the time. And I'm like, and this is all in a text. And I'm like, what, what is this? What is this guy? Now, she sent all these texts to my email address because she's an idiot. And she accidentally sends them to my email address. So I didn't see them at first. So I didn't know what she was talking about. And then apparently she found some other guy that she's been working with on this project she's doing for somewhere in Washington, D.C. He's like, yeah, I'm going to let him go on too. No, you'll love this guy. But now I got to drive this guy around too. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, well, why doesn't that guy drive? Why doesn't he drive us? Or why doesn't he drive you? He's like, yeah, no, he'll meet me at my house and you pick us up here. And, and, but meanwhile, right now, I'm just I'm off the show. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm off the show? I asked you if you could do this one thing. And I said, I'll take you back and forth on Saturday. It's not a problem. But Friday, it's just easier this way. And she said, no, no. And then I was off the show. It was a real dick move. And I was really, really upset about it. And then she goes, I'm at the comedy show right now. And I showed your text to all the comics. And they think you're being ridiculous. And I was so angry about this. I'm, I'm getting angry telling you about it now. I don't really want to talk about it that much. But I feel I have to say it because I don't think I'm wrong here. I, I thought it was very rude to share our texting with everybody else. And they're like, they think you're all crazy. I'm like, that's, that's rude. You know, we're just having a conversation. And really, all I did was say, do you think it would be okay? And if she had written back and said, it's easier for me with Frankie and the baby if you pick me up. And I'd be like, no problem. I really would. You know, finally, uh, I guess she settled. She, you know, she goes, I can't tell whether you're joking or not. And I just said, oh, you're just reading the text incorrectly. I figured I'll just get out of this, right? Yes, I'm mad. But I'll just, here's my out. And I'll just be like, no, everything's fine. See you tomorrow. So I'm very upset about this. And I'm like, you know, she's really treating me like a piece of shit. And it's bothering me. And I understand how maybe, you know, she she might hire features that drive her. Which is fine, I guess, if that's the deal. I didn't know that was the deal. She said, can you feature? I'm just thinking I show up at the club, you know, like a normal person. But she's demanding all this stuff. And again, when I'm working for somebody as an employee, which we talk about on the Billy Joel podcast all the time, I think she's paying me. I don't know whether the club is. I think the club is paying me, so I'm not sure what's happening. But, you know, she's the headliner, and I'm usually uh, very attentive to whatever they want. And I, I don't mind driving her. I just, you know, I got to backtrack with her. And I, you know, I hate that. I hate going in a cab the wrong direction that's not on the way I'm going. So I know I'm fucked. And I said to myself on Friday, I said, you know what? I just, you know, and now, so, and now at least, you know, she's like, I thought you'd be happy. You get the same money, but you split the time. Now you don't have to do 25 minutes. I'm like, you know, she doesn't understand. I'm like, well, first of all, I was excited to do 25 minutes. I called all these people, said I'm doing 25 minutes. And then she just shut it down the night. Yeah, the night before, like what she said, like I found this guy. And I'm like, that's, man, that's really mean. You know, I called all my friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a big set. You know, it should be fun. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I got this other good. No, I can't believe you're not cool with it. All the other comics think you should be cool with it. I think that's really, really uncool. And I don't think I'm out of line here. In the Friday morning, I'm very upset and I'm having a lot of trouble practicing and trying to be funny when I'm very, very upset. I even went to Dunkin' Donuts, had the coffee, and I knew something was wrong because I couldn't get it together. You know what I'm saying? Usually that makes me happy. But this whole thing was making me really upset. 
So around 11 o'clock in the morning, I said to myself, maybe it was noon, I said, you know what I got to do? I got to I got to do I got to get the mindset that I was when I made that movie about the cars, the turbocharged movie and just be in this place where nothing's going to bother me. I'm not going to mention anything. I'm not even going to talk to her in the car because then she goes, oh, yeah, me, forget to tell you, me and this guy, we have to work in the car. So we're not going to be talking to you. You know, like you just have to drive us. I mean, everything about it was just uncool to do that. If I was just a regular comic and this was they we're like best friends. This was really rude. She had already canceled. We were supposed to have dinner for her husband's birthday, and she already canceled that because of whatever reason. It has nothing to do with me, so I was already like, what's going on? And I know she was having a lot of problems and all that kind of stuff, but I, uh, I'm just really upset by the way I was getting treated as a friend, not just a fellow comic. So like I said, around noon, I say I'm going to put my mindset in that nothing's going to bother me. I'll be able to get through this. I'm putting, I'm acting. I'll be acting for the next 12 hours that everything that happens is completely fine. I have to put that in my mind because you know me. Anything can make me snap at a given moment. I must be great and cool and all smiles. I am faking. I am acting. I said, I can do this for 12 hours and then I'll have to do it again 12 hours on Saturday, you know. So with that mindset and everything fine, she just starts texting like, uh, it's five o'clock. Okay, you pick me up at five o'clock. I'm like, sure, sounds sounds good. And I realize, I'm like, I bet you she thinks the show's at 7 o'clock. The show's at 8 o'clock. There's no way she knows the show's at 8 o'clock. And I say, say 5 o'clock, fine, because it's ridiculous to pick up three hours before the show. I know there's traffic, but she never takes traffic into consideration, so she obviously thinks the show's at 7, and she's an idiot as usual. And I'm not going to correct her. I'm just saying, sounds good. And I know... I'm going to leave my house at three because I have a bunch of stuff I picked up from the storage space in my car. I knew I was going to go to my, you know, I knew I was going to Rachel's on Friday. So I'll stop by my house. I'll dump off the stuff and then I'll go to Rachel's. So I'm going to pick up my car two hours in advance or so. So I call for the car at around 3.15. No, I have to be at Rachel's at five, right? It leaves me plenty of time to go. What is it? uh, Three miles to her house, (laughs) you know, in Brooklyn over the bridge. So I walk out of the house, and I know this is going to happen. I walk out of the house, and I, I know she's going to text me with new information as soon as I call for the car. I call for the car. I go. I live on First Avenue. I'm walking to Second Avenue. I get a text that says, you know what? Why don't we make it 520? And, and I just started laughing, and then my entire spirit lifted because like, I knew she would do something like this, and the fact that she did... I felt like almost vindicated that I was right about everything because I know her so well. She's so stupid. So she goes, 520. I'm already, there's nothing I can do. I can't, the car is already going to be there. I can't just wait another 20 minutes at my house. You know, she, it's not her fault, technically. She's thinking it's 3 o'clock I'll let, or it's 3.30. I'll let him know, you know, he's not leaving that soon. She doesn't know how my day works, which is why I don't know how she doesn't know. We've been friends for so many years. She knows how crazy I am. I go to get the car and I'm just laughing. I'm laughing because I'm like, she's so funny. She has no idea that. And I know she's going to not know the show's at eight also. So when's that coming? Right. So I go get the car and I do everything I got to do at my house and my neighborhood. And then I just, I have so much time. I just park on the street by the water and I just sit there and I talk on the phone for a little bit. And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just waiting to pick up Rachel. You know, it's so stupid. And then I finally go over, and then I get to her house a half hour early, maybe about 4.50, 
and I don't tell her I'm there. I just sit in the car. I turn off the motor and I take a nap in my car and, and I set the alarm for 515 in case there's trouble. And then at 520, I text her and I say, whenever you're ready. At 530, I get a call saying, uh, what's going on? I'm like, whenever you're ready. And uh, she, I'm like, I texted you. She goes, oh, you did? And I'm like, yeah. And um, she goes, oh, well, do you think we're, do you want to come up? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. And then she goes, "Well, do you think we're? Do you think we have time? I mean, I'll be down in five, but do you think we have time?" I'm like, "Oh, we're we're way ahead of schedule." She's like, "Yeah, you think we? You know, it's a seven o'clock show." I'm like, "Oh, it's not a seven o'clock show. It's an eight o'clock show. It is." And then I just started really laughing, not out loud to her, but I, you know, that's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for, and there was no way I was going to question anything after what happened on Thursday. So I'm like, I know I'm just sitting in my car for a while. So she, so now I've been. I sat in my car for an hour waiting for for a five twenty pickup, as she calls it. My best friend is saying, "I need a five twenty pickup," and I'm just sitting there, and she doesn't come down till five fifty. So I've been in the car for an hour. That's not her fault, but the five, but me waiting in the car for a half hour is definitely her fault. And I just sat there, and I, I wasn't bothered. It was okay. I was like, "I'm good. I'm good with this," because I knew it was going to happen. I had it set in my head. And then she got in the car. She looked terrific. We had a nice time. And, you know, I'm driving. And this drive, if you ever do this, and again, I, I got to get my camera working again so you can see this drive. It's sick and scary. And the way you got to go around to go into the tunnel and stuff, it's like a lot of concentration, even though I'm using the ways and everything. You still got to concentrate. She's like what Olga does in the car. She's sticking photos in my face. Of, hey, look at my kid. While I'm oh, are you concentrating on driving? I'm like, no, I'm good because she also gets mad if I'm not joyful enough in the car before a show. So I'm doing everything she wants me to do. Or she gets mad about me, and she's like, you know, you know, everything I can do. But she's sticking the fuck these women. I don't understand how they're not getting. We're trying to concentrate on driving. I don't want to say women are bad drivers, but they suck. They don't understand. I'm concentrating. I'm driving through New York City. It's not like we're on just a highway. I'm, I'm driving through traffic and tunnels and bridges and pedestrians. And, and she's shoving it. Hey, look at this. I love looking at pictures of her kid. But, I mean, while I'm driving through a tunnel? I'm like, yeah, no, she looks great. Well, you don't like her? I'm, and I never said, I'm driving. I just said, oh, you're driving. And, I mean, I don't even know what to say, right? So, anyway, we get to the place. She's um, per perfect ride. No problems. She's, you know, telling me some problems she has. I'm like, you can do this, you dad. I'm not saying anything about nothing about the show or anything. I don't. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Of course, when I'm uh, when I pick her up. No, 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 no. When, uh, I guess when she texted earlier, she goes, "Oh, by the way, that guy's not coming tonight. He's coming tomorrow." So now all of a sudden, I've been practicing 15 minutes. I've got to do 25 minutes. I just found that out as I was walking to get the car which I could have indeed, again, practiced again. So now all the trouble with this one guy, I don't know what the fucking story is. Now I got to do 25 minutes all of a sudden. Anyway, we get to the place, and it's fine. We're all smiles. Everything's good. And uh, we meet the host. He's a very nice guy, and he's sitting with us, and she's trying to go over some stuff, and she really wants me to go over her stuff with her. And I'm like, that's fine, but this guy you know, is, is very nice. And um, this guy, Brandon, and uh, he comes over, and he says, hey, let me get your introductions. And I'm like, oh, that's very sweet of you. That's very sweet. Uh, I was on Crashing. Just say I was on Crashing. 
you have a podcast or something you want to plug? I'm like, that is so sweet of you. Thank you. It's called Just Go in the City. Nobody ever asked that uh, that they want to do more. He's like, yeah, I just want to get it right. You know, I'm just starting comedy and, you know, I just want to get it right. I want to get it right. And he has, you know, Rachel's and then, uh, you know, whatever. He goes in to prepare. And then we're sitting there. And he brings me up and he gets my name wrong and forgets the name of the podcast. And he says, oh, I forgot his podcast name, but I guess he'll tell you when he gets up here. So all that stuff that he would say, oh, I want to get I want to get everything. He got everything wrong. And again, he was a very sweet guy, but it's like, you know, why are you coming and saying you're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to get to be a good host. I'm like, you know, my first day of emceeing in 1983, I was very particular in making sure I got everybody's names correct because it's a polite thing to do. Uh, it, it really just shows you have no care about anybody else but yourself. But whatever. Like I said, lovely guy. Turns out he lives in the neighborhood. I said, you know, you know, if you need to drive tomorrow, let me know. It's just that I probably have to leave. You know, we have to go to Brooklyn first. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Very nice guy. And then I did my set, and it went very, very good. It went very good. It was really good. It's a very strange room. It's in, like, a, a hotel conference room. You know, it's, like, really weird. I don't know. It was fine, and Rachel had no complaints, because that always makes me nervous, too. She picks on my act. She's like, why are you talking about movies? And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's all I talk about is movies. Have you even listened to my podcast? I, everything I pull from is from movies. What do you care? Like, if she, if there was a thing where, you know, I was doing something that, uh, tripped over what she was saying I, I understand but she's just questioning my act and I'm like why do you have me open for it anyway anyway she was so concentrated on this thing she wasn't paying attention she goes bye I heard the audience laughing you did you sounded like you did well that's all I want to hear so everything was fine she got up she did great she was making me laugh and uh, then we immediately had to leave because I had to drop her off at the comedy cellar of course everybody was very nice they were very friendly you know the people at the club that we saw a little walking out very nice they want to say hello and she had to rush out and so then I bring it down to the cellar and I guess we're there an hour early and I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the bar. I don't want to go to the cellar. You know, I stopped going to the cellar and uh, I'm going to go to the bar and hang out. And she's and they're like, well, wait, wait, why don't we just wait here for a little? I'm like, now he's like, now I got to wait with you in the car while you wait for your set. But it, it was all right. We, we were OK. I just really wanted to have a drink. So she, her spot was at 11. So we're just sitting in the car for an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I got to go to the bathroom, too, like really bad because I had one beer at the club and. I just wanted. I haven't been in that bar, my favorite bar in the village, for I don't know six months, four, five, six months maybe. So I was like really excited to go, and you know, again, driving into the village is terrifying. You, you know, finding parking, but so then once you find parking, actually there is a a calmness to just sitting in the car. So it wasn't horrible, but it's just. And then I said, "Hey, do you want me to take you home after your set?" Because at this point, I'm saying, "Fuck it." You know, like I, I am her chauffeur. I'm like, if you want me to pick you up and drive you home, let's complete the transaction. And she's like, no, I don't expect you to do that. And then I said, I think I said, you don't? Because it's all right. You've made it clear I am your chauffeur. So, and it wouldn't have bothered me. Like I said, I was already set up for that today. I'm working for her this evening, I guess. So whatever. So then she leaves. I go to the bar and it's a very festive time and everything's fine. And I'm so happy to see everybody there. And it's so funny. I, I go in and this girl goes, wow, you know, you have an amazing energy about you. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I've been trying really hard today to put that out there. So I guess it was working. So I guess, you know, maybe I should just act all the time. You know, maybe that'll just be better for people. And it was funny because this girl... You know, it's a goth bar that I go to, which is, you know, hilarious. I don't belong there. 
But uh, you know, I like I like goth people. They're funny. But this girl was telling me these stories, and every story was like a sad story. And I'm like, do you have any uplifting stories? And uh, my friend Lori was laughing, the manager, and uh, she's like, and then I and she goes, it's so funny you were saying that, but you have to remember she's goth, and I'm like. Of course, right? That's what goth people do. There are no uplifting stories. Even the uplifting stories are sad stories. You know? So that's what being goth is all about. I'm like, I am so sorry. That is on me. She's absolutely right. You go into a goth bar, you've got to expect the goth people to act like goth people. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys know how to dance, right? Of course we know how to dance. Cool, because there's this competition on Saturday, and I have to find the very best dancers in South Park to be on my crew. My friends can't do it because they suck ass, so will you be in my dance troupe? Dance troupe? Please. We don't dance like those Britney and Justin wannabes at school. Goth kids dance to express pain and suffering. Yeah, the only cool way to dance is to keep your hands at your sides and your eyes looking at the ground. Then every three seconds you take a drag on your cigarette. Okay, that'll work fine. Listen, there's a dance competition this Saturday, and I need good dancers so I don't get served. No way. Dancing is something you do alone, in your room, at 3 in the morning. Please, you guys, our whole town's reputation is at stake. Won't any of you do it? I'm not doing it. Being in a dance group is totally conformist. Yeah, I'm not conforming to some dance-off regulations. I'm not doing it either. I'm the biggest non-conformist of all. I'm such a non-conformist that I'm not going to conform with the rest of you. Okay, I'll do it. Great! Well, I think we just got put in our place. Yeah, we just got golf served. Can't judge them differently. So whatever, I, I, I called Gary Goldman. I saw he was at the cell. I'm like, come by the bar, you know, let's hang out a little bit. And he's like, uh, no, I got to take the subway home early. I don't want to get murdered, <laughs> which was really funny. And Gary Goldman is so great. And I hadn't seen him in a long time. So it's like I was trying to call. And he was at the cellar. I hadn't seen in a long time. I'm like, why don't you come by, have a drink, you know. But whatever. I was so happy that the night was over. And I was looking forward to the next night, even though it would be great if it was totally over. You know me. But of course, I'm performing this evening. So then this evening, I'm picking her up or whenever, and this guy's coming. Apparently, this guy's coming. And she's like, look, you know, we're not going to have time to talk to you. No, we're going to be working on a project. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I'm the chauffeur. And I, I, I didn't say it like, oh, then she goes, I'm going to give you gas. I'm going to give you money for gas and told, don't worry, I'm going to Venmo you. And uh, she said that at 5 o'clock when I left. Never got a Venmo. And then when she was in the car later, like, I gotta, um, you know, I gotta pay you for the show, but my Venmo's not working. It's just like when I go to a restaurant, somebody's gotta tell you take her out for dinner. Oh my God, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> it's like every fucking time. And I don't care if she pays for tolls again. That couldn't bother me in the least, as you know. However, when I was at my mother's on Thursday, I stopped for gas, knowing full well I was doing this trip. $70 to fill up my gas guzzling minivan, but it's never 70. It's usually about 50 and that's on empty. This wasn't completely empty. I'd say it was uh, a quarter full, $70. And I know we're all talking about gas prices going up. I didn't I don't think I realized they were affecting me somehow. It was about $4 a gallon. It was about 3.99. And it's funny because I went to a Wawa where I usually go to the Speedway place, which is a lot cheaper in my old neighborhood. But I was like, by how much? You know, would it be cheaper? Would it be three seventy? Maybe that would be cheaper. Were you saving twenty cents a gallon? Does it really pay? Maybe it would. Seventy dollars to fill up the tank, and I'm pretty sure she ain't gonna pay me that. So, but again, it's all right. Whatever. You know, she's putting on the lights in the car and everything. I'm like, listen, I got a problem. The battery's draining. And she's like, oh, it's just for a minute. And then, of course, the battery drained, and we ran out of battery power. 
uh, on Seventh Avenue. But no, it started again. I was just like, I, I don't think you can leave the light on. It just went off. It was so. I'm like, oh my god. But everything was fine. The car drives really well for a 20 year old car. I have to say, it's it's still a, a, a quality car. Just you know, I don't think it's good for long journeys. But this wasn't a long journey. But I don't think it can stand stopping and starting. You know, usually on the highway and stuff. So I don't think it cares for city driving very much. Anyway, I mean, everything is really cool. And as you can see, I there, you know, as I was telling you the rest of the story, there's no issue, no issue whatsoever. It's just the, you know, it's like, um, I'll give you the pickup time tomorrow. It's like, I, she's just not treating me like a friend, you know? I mean, it's just, it's not very nice. I have a feeling tonight that, that her and that guy are going to sit in the back and I'm going to drive them. I'm going to suggest that they do. It doesn't matter to me. I really couldn't care less. I'd rather concentrate on the driving. But uh, it's pretty rude to just be like, yeah, we're going to be concentrating on this thing. So I'm not going to have time to talk to you while you're driving, which is good for me. But still, it's it's, it's a rude thing to say. It's just completely rude. I'm trying to help her. But I mean, it, I don't know. Right. Am I was I wrong on the situation? I was just asking her a question and she flipped out. And that's usually me that flips out. But you know, I am the, the chauffeur, apparently, and but she is my friend. There should be a line. You know, you could, obviously, I'll do whatever she says, but you could say, hey, could do you think you could pick me up? Would that be all right? Or, oh, do you mind dropping me to the comedy store? Because then I would probably just say no, but the way she words, like, yeah, you got to take me back to the cellar after. I shouldn't even have to take her home. Why do I got to do it? I don't know. It's just such a pain in the ass because I got to go to Brooklyn and back. I'm pointing the directions and maybe I'll show you on the, bonus show what a pain in the fucking ass it is but whatever like i said i should have probably done the podcast on sunday but i really had nothing to do and i was in a pretty good mood after yesterday you know because everything went well and i'm kind of excited about tonight and i have less time to do and everybody says this guy is nice so i just got to relax and not be just gal like and everything will be fine there's two shows tonight one at 7 30 and one at 10 so i'll be glad when that's over and i have my uh, sunday as my old saturday uh, you know how I hate doing anything on Saturdays, but I'm okay because we had last night already, so got that off uh, out of my system. Also, I am opening for Marina Franklin at the Village Underground on Wednesday, March 30th. If you're around, I am opening for Marina Franklin. Finally, back at the Comedy Cellar. What are we going to do? we got nothing to play here. We've got nothing. I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. Well, Jazz Odyssey. We're not going about to do a free-form jazz uh, exploration in front of a festival crowd. Well, okay, so now I'll tell you this other part about Olga. It was really messed up. I'm just going to tell you because I really don't care if it's a secret or not. I'm, I'm, I'm just so done. Done and not done, you know. I mean, it's... So, Olga, something happened. You know, she goes goes to this Long Island comedy club called Governors, and something happened there where she got, like, shoved into a table or something and you know, broke something in her you know, inners or something like that. You know, she was in pain. And there was a guy there that threatened her that was a friend of the owner's, and he threatened her like some, you know, lame old comic. He's like, oh, if you were a man, I'd murder you, something like it. It was really bad. And she was really upset about it. And I am her friend. And I said, um, that's really bad. And, uh, you know, you should probably, maybe you should sue them, but don't sue them because you don't want to be that person that does that, you know, whatever, it's fine. But I think you should not go there anymore. I, I, I think, you know, governors has done all they've done. We, we like the guy that owns the place. He's very lovely, but you know, stop going to long Island, stay in the city, let people know you work here in the city. And 
I, I, I compared it to like me leaving my job and taking a risk. I mean, she makes money going to governors and working there all the time. But I, I was like, you got to take a risk, a leap of faith, you know, and it's time and just stay in the city and try and get work and get work on the road on the weekends. I guess I was giving her tough love because she's like, so I shouldn't go back Friday. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't go back Friday after what just happened. I mean, at least take three weeks off. And her dad told her the same thing. And I guess I was yelling at her. I'm like, do not go back there this week. Do not go back. Do not go back. And then she was, uh, you know, I was giving her tough love. Because I really was looking out for her best interest. And then apparently she gets into a car accident. And I just called her to see how she was doing, I guess, on that Sunday or something. And she goes, I'm in the hospital. I got into a car accident. I'm like, what? She goes, well, I got to go. My doctor's here. And then I was like, what happened? And then I found out through other people that she had gotten into a car accident and was telling everybody, don't tell Juskow. Which really bothered me because obviously what happened was I told her not to go. I told her not to go. And she obviously went, came back in an Uber and got into a car accident which is so hilarious because I told her, you know, I put this bad karma on her, which is, you know, funny and sad at the same time. And so then she was a mess, but she kept saying, don't tell Jessgau. And, uh, you know, all the, the people I know, and they told me, like, she told me not to tell you and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what an asshole. And she's not talking to me. I'm like, I know why she's not talking to me. She's embarrassed, right? So I let that go. I said, I'll give her a couple days off. I won't talk to her. I just want to make sure she's okay. So this girl that I had a show with on Friday night, this girl, Elise DeLucci, I'll tell you guys, this is kind of an exclusive in a way. We're not, we're telling these people in a couple days. As you know, I've been trying to do a young comedians, like old school HBO young comedian special. I was trying to do it at the Comedy Cellar, but Liz was not ready for it and stuff. So I was talking to this girl, Elise, and her boyfriend owns uh, Gotham Comedy Club, and I've known him for years. I told her what I was trying to do. She goes, I think, I think Chris would love that. You know, that's the way she talks. It's really funny. And uh, he does love it. And she was all on board with it. And she set it all up. And she's going to be on to it. And I am doing, I'll just tell you guys, I don't care. I'm doing a, whatever we call it, because we can't call it the Young Comedian Special because they're taking a Young Comedian Special where I will be hosting and I will find, I don't know what we'll call it, Young uh, you know, but comedians that I like that I want to showcase to the world that I think are really funny because there's nothing like that on Netflix. They have all the standard people. You sit there for an hour here. You'll see some up and comers, you know, so I love doing that. You know, I love finding new talent. Remember every year in March, I used to have my final four at the cellar where I'd bring up young comics and they can compete and, you know, maybe get a spot at the cellar. So I love doing that kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah, Chris would be up for that. So we're going to tape it, and then we're doing it. Right now, we're looking at, like, April 7th, like, taping it. I mean, it's happening, and I already have the lineup. And the lineup was always going to be Alon, for sure, right? My buddy, who I think is fabulous, and Olga. Of course, Olga. But all of a sudden, I was getting worried about putting Olga on because she'd been kind of a little disrespectful to me in the sense I'm just trying to help her, and you're treating me like shit. And I don't like it. And I, I, I was second guessing, which I've never done before with her. I'm, I'm a big fan of hers, as you know. Olga, neighbor we're talking about. We have, uh, so I, I meet this girl, at least for coffee on Tuesday, because Nick Griffin couldn't make it. You know, that's my favorite day. We go to this diner called the Gracie Muse Diner. This place stinks. I am, I'm like, look, I'm not going to that diner again. 
It was nice. It was clean. I walk in. I see Elise there, but I don't. Maybe I don't recognize her because she looks different in the morning. And I sit behind her, and I'm like, "Oh, that might be the friend I'm looking for. Do you know if she's here with somebody?" And they're like, "Yeah, she's here with somebody." And I'm like, "Oh, the person in the bathroom. I figure she's there with her boyfriend." And, she, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And she wasn't there with anybody. I don't know what the hell that lady was talking about. So then she goes, "I got here early. I'm at a booth." And I said, "I know. I'm sitting right behind you." So she came up and she came to me. And I ordered a cup of coffee. There's a sugar packet in the coffee that I, I'm like, there's something wrong with this coffee. It's a fucking, you know, the, the wrapper, the sugar packet. Oh, I'm sorry. And then uh, I got uh, a Western omelet, I think, and that had shells in it. And then I asked for an orange juice, which never came. So fuck that place. I mean, that's three or four strikes in the first appearance there. And it's way too far anyway. So I'm not going to meet her there again. I'll meet her somewhere else. You know. How I like a good, I mean, I don't like the diner I go to, but, it, you know, at least they bring me what I want. You know, everything seems to be clean. That was messed up. She was like, I love that diner. Anyway, we're talking about this project that we're going to do, and she's going to be on it too because she's new. And I don't even know whether she's ready, but I'm going to work with her. And she's funny. You know, she's, she's right there because she's like me, where she's so funny to talk to off stage. And if she can reflect that on stage, she'll be great because she talks with this ridiculous Italian accent. And she's got two British talking kids because she was married to a guy who was British. So that's a hilarious premise, which I truly believe, like Olga, you know, has that backstory that people enjoy. So I just want to make sure that I wanted I want her to do what everybody wants me to do on stage. Talk about yourself. And we have to work that out. But that's fine. If she's on the show, that's great. There's no way to do the show without her, but that's okay, because she really, I think, can I think she's one of those people that will work it out eventually when she works it out. So then we decided to put this guy Troy Bond on it, who's like, um, I guess, kind of like Derek Jeter, like mix. I'm saying because, you know, we, we well, we need diversity, right? Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. You know, nobody's going to pick it up because we don't have any black people on it. I mean, that's, you know, or trans or whatever. There's no other option. Women and men just w- women aren't enough. Uh, you know, you already got two Jewish men on it and a Jewish girl, and then you got a Italian girl. So this guy, Troy Bond, is new, and he won my contest like three marches ago, maybe 2018, at the Comedy Cellar. He was great, and he's got a good look to him. He'll be perfect for seven to ten minutes. And then she suggested this really six-foot-nine Asian guy, and I'm like, stop right there. I'm all in. I've never seen this guy perform, but I'm like, see, that's the kind of stuff people will love. If this guy's got at least five minutes, that's hilarious. He's got to have a joke about his height, and uh, I'm just going to trust her on this because, you know, you want to have those ones that people are talking about the next day, and if he's just got a couple of jokes, it'll be a great and when I'm saying diverse, I'm not saying because he's Asian, right? I'm saying diverse in the kind of comedy that we're presenting. Paranoid Jewish, uh, Olga's Orthodox Jew, Ilan's just regular straight lace jokes, crazy Elise, and uh, this Asian guy, right? So so I'm leaving the Gracie Music, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, I'm not set on Olga. I'm a little soured on her today. And I said, but I'm sure that'll pass, whatever. And then Elise says... Well, I didn't want to tell you, but, you know, when I asked you to host that show on the 30th, go figure. Two people asked me to host shows on the 30th at different comedy clubs. I haven't worked in like three months. Two people asked me to host the same goddamn day. When I, I wasn't going to tell you, but when I asked Olga, I was like, hey, why don't we have Jessica host? It was a co-headlining thing with this girl, Lisa and Olga at the stand. And she goes, 
Can you get somebody else? Well, that broke my heart. That broke my heart because I didn't think we were fighting. All I was trying to do, she called me in tears after what happened at Governor's, and I'm like, all right, here's what we can do. And I'm like, just don't go back there anymore. All that kind of stuff. And then she wasn't talking. Then she got in the car accident. And now she's really angry at me, right? At me. And somehow I, you know, I cursed her, which is ridiculous. And now she's taking away gigs on the end of March as if we're not going to be friends during that time. And I was crushed. And it ruined the next three days. That bothered me the most. I couldn't go on. My heart was broken absolutely broken i couldn't believe after all i've done for her trying to get her on the the montreal comedy festival trying to help her introducing her to people introducing her to gilbert Gottfried, where now she opens for him and i don't introducing her to all these people trying to really you know make her well known helping her with her podcast the brutus like treatment for can you get somebody else that that there's no way we could ever work together again just floored me. And I was a mess. I woke up the next day in utter despair. And the day after that as well. A mess. I couldn't not concentrate on anything. I don't know why it affected me so hard. You know, there's so much more to me and Olga's relationship than just comedy, too. You know, there's so much, you know, stuff I probably wouldn't want to say or anything because stuff. But I I felt like I, I don't know, like maybe I just lost the love of my life in a way, you know. It was soul crushing. So so I I, uh, talked to... You know, a couple of people, and I, 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 well, I told just one friend, and I said, I can't believe this happened. And I told him, you know, other friend, I'm like, I just can't believe it. And then uh, on Thursday, I was going to my mom's, and in the car, she called. And I couldn't have been happier. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad you called. And she goes, No, I, I just texted. Elisa said, You should do the show. And, and maybe Elisa said, So I don't know what happened, but. She, I don't know whether she remedied it after she knew that Elise had told me or whatever. No, I totally texted that you should do it, but she's lying. You know, I mean, not lying, lying, but she's trying to get out of it. And I told her how much she hurt me, but I was really happy that she called and wanted to talk. And then she told me why she wasn't calling, and I knew it. She's like, I didn't want you to yell at me again. And I know it. I know. I was like, I was acting more like her, her father was saying the same thing. And I was doing that because, you know, I just, uh, I'm worried about her, you know? I think she's on this, you know, like a a good path and a bad path at the same time, and I just want her to be okay, and that's why I guess it was so crushing, but I was glad she called, and that call, like, you know, was was kind of helpful in the sense that, you know, I could kind of move on with my day and, you know, do Rachel's show and everything, and I feel much better about doing that because she called and we kind of talked, even though maybe everything's not great, but at least we spoke a little and she called to, you know, kind of apologize. So that was good because I really thought that was pretty much it, which maybe it should be. I don't know. But it was so funny. But that was the thing. Remember, I was going to put her on this big show, which was going to be exciting and try and put her on television. And then she's like, I don't know. So I still don't know what to do about her. I really do want her on the show. She's a good comic. 
But why should I help at this point? So I'm still on the fence. Because she called, I'm like, all right, let's do it, Elise. Let's have her on. She called. It's all right. But I don't know. Because think about what I was trying to do for her, and then she stabs me right in the back. So I'm very conflicted about this. But like I said, she called, and I felt better. It was right, it was right out of Rocky Two, where you know uh, Adrian's having trouble with the pregnancy, and then she finally uh, tells Rocky, you know, Rocky can't concentrate in the big fight, and then she goes, and she goes, "Come on, I want you to win." And what are we waiting for? And then I felt much better, and I had a much better day after that, you know, because. Uh, in fact, to celebrate, I uh, I was in New Jersey and I stopped at Tasty Subs. This time, finally took a picture of the place and the sub. First, I had to go to Aunt Judy's and, and pick up a whole bunch of stuff. And it was really annoying because they were like hovering all over me. I keep telling them to give me some space when I'm working on stuff. But they're, I, I don't, they, they're hovering all over me. I tell that to my mother. It drives me nuts. She gave me all this junk. I'm like, fine, I'll just take it and put it in the back. That's the stuff I had to drop off at my house. And then I went to my mom's and I ate that sub. <laughs> and it was goddamn delicious. Goddamn delicious. And so I bought, they have the Wise barbecue chips at the place. I didn't get the cheddar fries, the Alcap. They have, with the tasty stuff, I got the Wise barbecue fries, a big. The Wise barbecue fries, uh, potato chips, are not as good as the Lay's barbecue. Lay's chips are much better than Wise potato chips. Just so everybody knows, um, that is uh, what I realized this week. So uh, put that on your list of stuff. But yeah, I, you know, on Friday, that's what I was saying. So Thursday night when I got home, I was in a good mood. And then I got all those texts from Rachel. And then Friday morning, I was having a complete panic attack, a complete panic attack. I was thinking about taking a Xanax. This was yesterday. But I was like, no, I can't take a Xanax because I need to perform and be up and around for the comedy. But I, I, I was having a major panic attack where i could not breathe i was so stressed but i got myself out of it and i'm fine today which i'm like let's do the podcast today it'll be nice because tomorrow's supposed to be like 70 degrees outside and i'm like well you know i'll edit the i don't know whether i can get it out by tonight well you you won't care well you will care because uh, right if you're on uh, patreon otherwise it'll of course it'll be out on tuesday Anyway, uh, sorry to tell you all that stuff, but I'd been, you know, waiting to uh, figure out if I was going to say it or not. And I'm like, why shouldn't I say it? Because I don't know if I'm going to be friends with any of these people. I, I mean, no, I don't think anybody listens, although I fi- always find out somebody does. And they're like, I heard you talking about me on your podcast. You're an asshole. And I'm like, well, truth hurts. But I'm like, nah, it's just a character. I'm doing. But no, I, I don't know. I had to tell you because I got to know. I got to know how your reactions on that. I, I, I don't think I'm wrong on this. And Dave Juskow is usually wrong. And usually, you know, Dave Juskow is known for being an idiot and an asshole and, and unreasonable. But there are certain times where I really, truly believe it's not my fault. And I knew I wasn't going to win that argument with Rachel on texting because she's like showing it to the other comics. That's so rude. That's just as bad as me putting it out on the podcast. If the other comics know, why can't I say it on the podcast then? I don't know, but I am looking forward. So now we got this big show at Gotham, which will be a great night. The place will be packed. We'll tape it. I'll be the host. It'll be fun. I think Seinfeld's going to be in it. I know. And I want it all going to be a part of this, but now I don't know. It's going to be a fun night, even if it doesn't go anywhere, which I think it will. Gotham's behind it, and they want to sell it somewhere. 
And I'm sure they'll take it out of where I won't have anything to do with it anymore. That seems to always happen to me, but hopefully that won't be the case. But they're best friends with Seinfeld, and he loves this kind of stuff. And the plan is that he'll come on at the end and be like, Dave, I'll take it from here. And I'm like, but Jerry, I want it to, Dave, I'll take it from, you know, something like that. Maybe he'll do, you know, just a little riff or something. I mean, if, if we can't sell the show with that at the end, then we suck. But I'm sure we can get him or Gaffigan or somebody. And I want it all going to be a part of that night, and now I'm not so sure. How about that? Dad, it's so enlightened of you to take us to a WNBA game. Yeah, well, nachos are nachos. On Monday, I went to the Nets game. You know how I like to go out on Monday. So my friend Lee said, do you want to go to the Nets game? Tomorrow, at least, because he usually asked me that day. I said, absolutely, let's do it. Mondays are my favorite night to go out and eat awful. So as you know, I only like going to the Nets game because they have that Buffalo Bite Station, uh, which is the boneless um, wings that I like. That's the only reason I like going to the Nets games because I really just don't really care. I mean, I like the Nets, but I don't know. And we always sit next to this guy, Jono, who I've had on the podcast before, and he gets free food. His ticket being just to the left of where we are is a different ticket than my friend Lee has. And so he always just gets free tickets. So I didn't buy anything on the way. No, I bought a beer on the way. And that's right. I bought a beer on the I was like, you know what? I'm here early. And I took pictures of the subway and all the, the Barclays Center and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm here. Early. Oh, I took the subway again. Right. Because it was just, I was going to take, it was just too cold. I'm like, the subway is just too easy. Even though that's a much longer drive. I was like, this, it's just too easy. It's just too easy to take the bike and all that kind of stuff out there. Taking it home would be different, but Lee usually has an Uber home, so it's fine. Anyway, I get there and I buy, a, I say, you know what? I think I will have a beer. I usually don't drink at the basketball games anymore, but I'm like, I'm going to get a beer. I get a can of Brooklyn Lager, $16. $16. A can of Brooklyn Lager. I, I give them cash. I have a lot of cash lately. And they're like, oh, we don't take cash. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I never use cash. Now you're not telling. You got to be kidding me. Like, I never bring out cash. And then they don't take cash. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fucking idiots. And they were idiots anyway, too, because they, I don't know, they messed a bunch of shit up. But I got the beer, went to the seats. Great to see this guy. Oh, so get this. And I told this on the Tuesday show. The guy, this guy, Jono, his best friend is Steve Nash, who's the coach of the New York Nets. I bet on the Nets because I was there. And then he goes, uh-oh, bad news. Steve Nash just got COVID. He's not coming. And apparently, in reading in the paper the next day, the team, when they heard that, was so devastated, they lost by 40 points. <laughs> it was like a classic, like a, like an Oscar Madison thing, you know, like, like you just don't know. Like, wait, the quarterback's out? You know, something like that. It was really funny, but it didn't matter. I get there, and I don't have any food. So he already has, he's carrying, he carries a grocery bag of food because he has his thing. And he goes, oh, listen, I don't know whether I can give you the ticket. They're really mad that I get too much food. And I'm like, I thought that was the deal. He goes, I'll tell you all about it later. But he never told me. So I don't know what happened. Because he used to just give us the ticket. We just go, you can go to any vendor and get everything for free. Everything. Drinks, food, just no alcohol. It's awesome. So he just bought all this stuff. So first he gives me some popcorn. And I'm like, oh, this is good. I'll eat this because I'll get the Buffalo Bites. I figure I get them at halftime. So I'm eating the popcorn. And then he goes, oh, here, try a beef taco. And I'm like, oh, great. So then Lee's there at the time. So I give him one beef taco and I had a beef taco because I knew I still want the buffalo bite. So I wouldn't even want to eat both beef tacos. It's delicious. 
And then he go, and then he's on the phone with his uh, girlfriend, and he goes, "Hey, do you guys want chicken parm or do you want something else?" And I'm like, "No, chicken parm would be great." And his girlfriend brings chicken parm, and then we had that. It was delicious. It was amazing. And then at halftime, I'm like, "Well, let's go get the buffalo bites." And Lee's like, "I'm full," and I'm like, "I'm full too," but I got to get the buffalo bites. And I got the hot and spicy buffalo bites. And they were good. They were very spicy. It was good. They were excellent. They were okay. They weren't as good. But when you dip them in the blue cheese or whatever it is, it's, it's, it, it was good. It was really good. They also give it with fries, which I usually put barbecue sauce and relish on it. I know it sounds disgusting, but that's my pattern because I don't, I don't usually like French fries. But now they don't have the condiments area because of COVID. So they just have the packets, and it's not as plentiful and delicious. But I was through anyway. I think I'd had plenty of stuff. <laughs> the chicken parm, beef taco, popcorn, beer. But that's what you want to eat. I, I told you, I always want to come down to the seat with a, a two-handed, I'm making the gesture now, pile of what Newman has when he goes to the Super Bowl and he's sitting next to Jerry. He's carrying that huge bunch of food. Remember I did that at the drive-in with Memo that time? I love carrying like a whole shit of food. I mean, it sucks eating at the basketball game because you got to put everything in your lap. You know, I hate that. I wish they had a little table, a little fold-out table that could put stuff on. But uh, it is the best part of the game for me. And certainly if they lose by 40 points, all that we're concentrating on really is the food. But it sure was. a. Oh, and then I got a Pepsi. <laughs> I was like, I was so excited about the Pepsi. They don't have Coke there. They got a Pepsi. No Coke, Pepsi. Okay, okay, what do you want to drink? Come on, come on, come on. Right, if I order a Coke, I'll get a Pepsi. No Coke, Pepsi. Okay, Pepsi. I get a little Pepsi. And I'm like, can I have a straw? It's a sippy cup. Yeah, but can I get a straw? It's a sippy cup. Well, the sippy cup leaks, jerk-offs. I don't usually ever drink with a straw, except certain things. A chocolate shake and, uh, you know, and uh, 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 a thing from like 7-Eleven, you know, like a Slurpee. Otherwise, I prefer to drink from a glass, but not at the game because... I know those sippy cups are horrible, and they won't they won't give out straws. It drives me insane. But at least it was fun, and uh, you know, even though I was in a very bad place, and I'll, I'm just going to love with you guys. I'll tell you why a lot of the reason why things are bad. <laughs> this is so fucked up, right? You know, I've been looking for work, right? So there's something to do. I, it seems like comedy wise, things are getting back to normal, but. Unfortunately, it's been two years and, you know, I got to find a way to make some extra money before comedy comes back and where I can, you know, maybe do it again full time. So I got a job offer from this place that I called before. They're like, oh, Dave, we, we didn't not want. Remember when I told you I had that job it was a great interview and then they never they're like, oh, you know, we didn't do it. It turned out it was something else and it was a secret. And I don't know. And they're like, Dave, we're still thinking about you. And the guy calls up like we have uh, we have that job, but. The job is from midnight till 8 a.m. And I'm like, oh. Oh. And I'm like, Ugh. but at least it's at the house. I don't have to go to a place. Because remember, I told you, I've been at a job working midnight to 8 a.m., the graveyard shift, as they call it, and it sucks. So it's at the house. So it doesn't technically affect anything, but it's, it was bumming me out. Because I'm like, for multiple reasons. Number one, you know, you do a show at 8 o'clock, then you're rushing to get home by midnight to go to work. Well, that used to happen to me in the goddamn 90s, and it was the worst times of my life, that I would have to leave the festive occasion to go back to my office and do overtime work for this guy dictating tapes that he would talk into. It was great extra money, 
but it was really rough. You know, I'd have to go there at like two in the morning and do work until five or six in the morning and then go back to work the next day. But this is a full eight hours where, you know, where I said, well, look, I usually stay up till two or three or maybe, you know, four, even five in the morning. But those extra three hours until eight are awful. It's really hard. And there's nothing worse than trying to keep yourself awake. It'll affect everything. And I'll probably end up dying because I'm not in horrible health right now. But that kind of stuff will put you in horrible health. If you're trying to function as a human being and working overnight. Obviously, it would be midnight to eight easy. It's not like there's commuting involved because that makes a difference, too. If you were going to a place, you have to leave at 11. You have to come back at nine. You, then, then it's all of a sudden it's a 10 hour day. But this would completely, you know, mostly end of day. But I was just getting real depressed about it. The fact that I have to do something like that again bums me out it wouldn't bum me out if i was working like regular hours although that's bumming me out too because it's been nice to go out to breakfast with nick or go see my mother on a weekday i mean it this is this not working thing has been real fun but that overnight working i don't i can just see getting real depressed about that i don't know i don't know so it's bumming me out too you know again it's bumming me out that i might get a job and then the guy called again yesterday i'm like yeah let's Let's see what happens. You're like, well, you know, they got to check your background. I'm like, oh, well, that should deter them. So, uh, yeah, I guess that'll be it then. I guess we won't do this job. But I don't know. The whole thing is bumming me. The whole week, that was on Tuesday just before we did the Tuesday show. So all week between the, you know, I found out the Olga thing, the horrible work hours, the Rachel stuff all happened this week. And I just got to this place that sucked where I was just really uptight and upset and just not having a good time. But I will tell you this, that that Tuesday show as, you know, kind of useless in a way as it is just, and please, that's no indication of what I'm going to tell you in the sense that it doesn't provide any money and it doesn't really progress my career. It does lift up my spirits. It is really nice. And I know you guys in the chat room like to be in the chat room and talk to each other and talk to me. We do have a good time on Tuesdays, and I cannot deny it does cheer me up. So for that alone, you know, and I obviously I do put a lot of work into it, and of course I don't mind putting work into it. It's just, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have a payoff. And maybe someday it will, who knows, but I'm just saying it, it does, it is fun to do that on Tuesdays, and when everybody starts getting into the chat room, it's really wonderful, and people from all over the world, and everybody's so nice, and I mean, we usually have real nice people, and it seems like more people are joining in, so that is kind of great, and that makes me happy, and thank you for that. If you are watching the Tuesday 6 o'clock show, I really appreciate it, because uh, it really does lift my spirits. You know, you know, when you're talking on a show like this, you're just talking. I'm talking to myself. I don't know who's listening to this. I can't picture it going out to anywhere. We talk about this all the time. I'm podcasting in my room. I'm looking out the window, which is a pleasant view. Uh, that guy staring at me from the right hand side. But uh, you know, it's a you know, you just can't picture anybody listening. When people say, "I heard your podcast," I'm like, "You did? Oh, terrific!" Uh, you know, I'm just not picturing anybody listening to it. But but with the with that show. There's instant gratification, like doing a, a live show. You know, I'm like, okay, we do have people that are watching or you know, tuning in later, even or something. You know, there's the instant gratification is why people like doing stand-up comedy. For me, 
I prefer sitting in my room alone just chatting away. <laughs> but some people, for some reason, seem to like stand-up comedy. I don't know what their story is. I call those people idiots. Tonight will be a great show. Now, again, I was going to record Sunday. I'm like, let's just finish the weekend. But I had so much to tell you about all this nonsense. I'm like, yeah, I got plenty to say today. And then, you know, it's always plenty to say. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I don't have anything to say. But I still got more. What I'm just saying, uh, you know, to be continued next week if there's an incident tonight. But I cannot imagine there will be. So I think everything will be fine. And uh, bananas. But the good news is at least I have something more to promote. Marina show at the end of the month. And then this, uh, hopefully this uh, little young comedian special, whatever we call it. Dave Troscott presents the up and comers. We'll continue in a moment. You tell me what you think I should do about Olga. And the uh, other thing. So on that Friday night when I went out, I like doing that show because I like this girl, Elise. She's really funny. She's very nice. And I was on with a couple of people that were very nice and polite. The audience was very nice. There was just a bunch of people that stayed from the Harry Potter trivia. And they were very sweet. So it was a fun show. And it was a good set, I guess. I'm trying to work out some stuff. And I guess I had a drink. And then I just, I guess I, yeah, I just went home. I walked home. And I walked to that deli. I was like excited to go to that deli again, you know, where they make that sandwich, the Hulk, which again, finally took a photo. But here's the best part. When I was walking to the show, I was, you know, the way I go, it's, you know, it's on Madison and 36. So I was going, I went to, I decided to go down First Avenue to the UN and make that right up the staircase into where that Scarface area is, which I've shown you before, where they're waiting to assassinate that guy who's going to talk at the UN. Uh, you know, where they have the beer cans, all the worst stakeout ever. There's beer cans lined all over the car and they're just waiting to assassinate somebody and nobody notices, you know, and a UN official. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But uh, yeah, that little area, I like walking up there because they film Scarface there. And it's, you know, fun to walk up there and then walk through this uh, place. So I go up there and there's a news reporter there film because the backdrop is the UN. So I forgot, all right, oh, right, they're probably filming because of what's going on in Kiev and, and Ukraine. And so she's filming and it's dark and it's windy. And uh, I'm just pretty much walking through the shot. And when I get to a certain place, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a photo for the bonus feature. But I feel bad because I don't want her to think, that, you know what I'm saying. I know nobody cares. But I, I don't want to be rude like she thinks I'm videotaping her, taping something. I don't know. So I took the picture. I put it in my pocket. And I'm like, I'll just do this really quick. And then my hat blew away. It was really embarrassing. I was like, you know, this, it was a girl and she was really pretty. And then my hat blew away. <laughs> and I had to go get it. It was really embarrassing. It almost went right into her shot. And I was so embarrassed that after I picked it up, I ran away. <laughs> like, it took me... I would say a good 20 seconds to pick it up. It just kept blowing. This is a cloth, uh, or what, a knit hat. It wasn't like it was a paper hat or, or, you know, a baseball cap. It was a heavy knit hat, you know, my Carolina Panthers hat. And I, it was so windy up there. It, it took me 20 It was so embarrassing. The guy from the cruise looked like, what's going on back there? <laughs> and then I ran away. I ran away. It was so like a child. I was so humiliated <laughs> that I was like, I thought I was too school for school. Oh, I don't care. There's a reporter. I'm from New York City. We don't care about stuff like that. And then I, then I just got embarrassed like an idiot because then I was, I did care. I wanted to take a picture. So I don't, I haven't seen that picture. I was so embarrassed. I just put it away. And plus it was really cold to take off my gloves. I had the heated gloves on. It was so cold to even take out the camera, take the pictures. That's been a half of the problem too. 
it's like every time it's so cold, I don't want to take a picture because I just want to, you know, I don't want to take out the phone. But I'm trying to, you know, work on that and get better pictures. And that's what happened on Saturday. Last Saturday, I woke up early and I decided to go to, well, I decided to go to the grocery store on 66th Street, which I knew had the um, chocolate eggclair pops and I knew they had all the taco mixture I wanted. I knew they had better stuff than the two stores that I usually go to. So I'm like, well, I'll go up this way today, even though it'll be a pain in the ass to carry the groceries that far back to my house. It's like 10 blocks to carry cans of stuff, you know, so heavy. And then I did it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop at 7-Eleven for coffee today and pick up a goddamn Twinkie. As you know, I was looking for two weeks. I've been looking for goddamn Twinkies. When I got that Twinkie last time at that 7-Eleven in Jersey, I forgot to tell you that I put stuff on top of in my backpack and I crushed it. So it was awful. So uh, I still needed a Twinkie, and I got it at the 7-Eleven. And I got the 7-Eleven coffee, which I thought would be good, you know, because I like my Saturday coffee. And I got an extra large one because I knew I was doing like four podcasts. But I was carrying my groceries and getting the coffee. So it was like really difficult. And then carrying the coffee and the groceries back to my house like seven blocks. But I took pictures of this because it's that neighbor that I told you underneath the bridge going up First Avenue that is absolutely gross because COVID has caused it to be gross because a lot of the storefronts closed. So it's just all homeless and dirt and disgusting. And it's not like that when I go the opposite direction. I hate going under that bridge because it's all very seedy until you get to about the 70s. I don't know. It's all just kind of gross, which it shouldn't be because these are like the nicest neighborhoods in town. So, you know, it's the Upper East Side, but it's gross. So I did take pictures in case you were curious. But apparently they also built a Trader Joe's across the street. I still haven't gone in there. I've been terrified to go in there. It's right under the bridge and supposed to be classy i don't know i gotta go in there one day because i i got i gotta make that maybe the store but i'm still not ready i don't know why i just feel like there's going to be too much douchery there yakov smirnov is not my real name it used to be jack daniels (laughs) (laughs) also i did find out we were talking about louis ck not canceling his show to kiev uh, he did finally cancel it. Uh, it. You know, it was ridiculous. I told you I would tell you this week if he did. And I don't know what happened. He was like, it was scheduled. And he was like, well, I, I didn't even catch my flight. I'm still in America. So I don't know why it's not canceled. <laughs> he was like, what's going on over there? I don't know. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. And just lastly, I watched a movie this week, which wasn't very good. It's called American Underdog. And it's this... I wanted to. I was looking for a movie. To, I was trying to get the new Spider-Man movie, but I can't seem to find it on my uh, cable. You know what I mean? So I watched this movie that I wanted to see called American Underdog. I've been waiting to see it. It's the Kurt Warner story. He was a quarterback for the St. Louis Rams that won a Super Bowl, and then he was on the Arizona Cardinals. But it's really great. I think he's in the Hall of Fame now, which is a miracle because the story is Amer- is a true American underdog, right? And I remember his story from you know 1999. I remember that full story about, you know, that he just was this guy and he was working at a supermarket and it's a classic story. But I always remember, you know, he had this very strange looking wife and I'm like, what's going on there? I need to know more. His, you know, Catholicism story, all that kind of stuff. And remember, he just came out of nowhere, was playing arena football, which I forgot about, won the Super Bowl, then went to the Super Bowl the next year, but lost to the Patriots and started their, you know, dynasty. 
and then took the Cardinals to the Super Bowl again. Lost, unfortunately, to Pittsburgh. But he was he's a cool guy and really interesting. I always thought his story would be really cool. And I watched the movie, and it wasn't very good. In fact, it was bad. And I don't know why. And the funny thing is, I keep thinking, you know, making this movie, this Cars movie that I made, and as bad as my movie is because I didn't have a budget or, you know, just did the best I could with nothing, there's no reason I couldn't make a movie like that, a biopic, because my biopic is just as good as anybody else's, probably better, because they're just stupid and they're doing exactly what I do. It's just... Whenever you introduce yourself in a biopic, it's just you have to say your name and it's stupid. It's like you're, it's like there should be an applause break after the person comes in. Uh, and, and I don't even know. It's it's our favorite uh, character actor. Uh, what's his name? Bruce. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. He plays D-Day in Animal House. And he's in. he's been in a whole bunch of stuff. He's the sheriff. In, uh, and I love seeing him in everything because he was D-Day in Animal House, right? But he's a great actor. You know, he's like a you know, great character actor. He's in it. He goes... Well, I'm Sutton Smith, the, and then they're like, the owner of Arena Football? That's right. And, you know, when you're doing that in a serious movie, you just sound stupid. I know you have to do it. I know you have to do it, but it sounds just like the way we did our movie. It's still always going to sound like a joke to me, even if in a serious film when somebody has to. It's so obvious you're saying it to let the audience know who it is. <laughs> because in real life, you're, I don't think you're going to... The owner of Arena Football? What? <laughs> so for that reason, Anna Paquin plays his uh, wife. And is, I don't find her that attractive, but she's certainly more attractive than his wife now. And again, she, she always had this buzz cut. And she looked... I don't know. It was weird. You always wonder what happened there, but there's still no information. I don't know. This movie just didn't cut it, and I wanted more, and nobody was talking about it. So I don't think it did very well because it just wasn't very good. You know, kind of like being the Ricardos. I got to start watching the uh, Academy Award movies so we can, you know, make our picks. You know, I usually watch, I think there's nine instead of 10. So I usually watch six out of the nine or seven out of the nine. You know, I think I've seen. Maybe I've seen one. I don't I don't know. So got to keep up on that. Get the Oscars thing going. And uh, very excited about our Tuesday night show. Excited about March Madness coming up. I just like making picks with everybody in the audience. It's so much fun. And we have an hour. So I think, uh, yeah, I think this Tuesday I'm going to invite Mike Sauter on. He's going to do his Beatles presentation for us. I mean, what the fuck, right? That'll be fun. So I'm telling you. If you just listen to this podcast and it comes out on Tuesdays, and if you're in time, well, because remember, folks, it won't be available on YouTube because they'll cut it out because of the music rights. If you want to see, if you're listening to this, if you want to see Mike's Beatles presentation, we're going to do it at seven. That way you'll have the full hour of the show. And then, of course, you it'll cut out on YouTube when it's replayed. So you won't be able to ever see it again. So it's truly a live event where Mike is going to... I'm just going to make him do Sgt. Peppers. I'm sorry, everybody. I really want to see that one. I don't know why. And he's got a, a a video and audio presentation that I think he's going to do. I guess we'll just do it at 7, or we can just make a half-hour show and just do it. Because like I said, it's going to cut off. You're going to watch it the next day or anything like that. There's no way YouTube will allow it to be on. So we'll see what happens. But that's the plan. If you're interested, seeing some more interesting, somebody very knowledgeable about the Beatles and music and i like that kind of stuff so kind of excited about it so that is the show 
for this week. Obviously, there's a lot going on, uh, whether uh, it might not be uh, going on that's professionally, but certainly emotionally and uh, in, the, in the world of uh, Dave Juskow. Uh, but uh, things continue. The podcast continues. Billy Joel continues. I still keep everything going as best as I can until they throw me out of this apartment, but hopefully that won't happen. I'm making strides to make sure everything stays the way it is. But we have some gigs coming up that you can see me, and who knows? Maybe we'll be traveling to your town soon. You never know. But what we do know is that every Tuesday, I will bring you this podcast until, really, until they just cut off my electricity and I can't possibly record on anything. I'll do it from the street if I have to. I'll plug it into a lamppost if I have to to make sure you get the quality of Just Cow in the City. Just Cow in the City. I will see everybody next week. Everybody have a great March week. Good night.